What is going on, everybody? Welcome back after a little bit of a break to the Spectators Sports Podcast brought to you by Spectators Media. My name is Julian, and today I'm with our co-host for the episode, RJ. Welcome in. Uh, homie of mine from work. We we talk a lot of good sports and a lot of good football, and we, uh, we had to have him on. Brooklyn is on the producer seat today, so... Uh, we got a new we got a new job for our boy BK. Everybody give a, a round of applause for his promotion over there. We appreciate that. RJ, welcome on. Welcome in. Nice to Man, have you. Nice to, nice to be here. I'm glad to, glad to finally hop on. Absolutely, dude. And uh, give the people a quick background on yourself, teams you like, uh, schooling, all that good stuff on you real quick. Oh, man. Went to uh, USF here in Tampa, graduated. Go Bulls. Um Big Carolina fan. I'm originally from North Carolina, so Carolina Panthers, North Carolina Tar Heels. Um, since I'm from Charlotte, I'm a big NASCAR fan also. But, yeah, man, I'm just uh, happy that college football's back. This is this is my bread and butter. This is the best time of year for me. So I'm uh, happy, to, happy to be back. Exactly, it is. And uh, one thing I know about RJ, you will never see him work a Saturday because that is a dedicated day. To sitting and enjoying some co- good college football. Although week one kind of sucks because you get a Thursday game, you get a Friday game. Some guys played last week. You get a Sunday and a Monday game. So I don't know why they do all that, but we did get our AP polls today. Let's get into some college football first and foremost. Some winners and losers of the official week one of the college football season. I want you to start with this. Give me one of your biggest winners to start the year. Man, I say the biggest. I mean, I I hate to take the low hanging fruit, but the biggest winner is Deion Sanders. I mean, this is everybody wondered how this was going to work. Um, obviously, he had great success down in the HBCU ranks, but when you take over a job in a Power Five conference, especially one that's pretty loaded like the Pac-12 is this year, all eyes are going to be on you. How's this going to work? Is this for real? Is he just chirping in the media? Is he just a TV personality, or can he actually coach football? They went out there and they they took it to the defending what I guess runner up is how you yeah. would consider TCU. Um, what Shadur threw for 500 yards. Travis Hunter looked like the Shohei Otani of football. I mean, <laughs> it that team opened a lot of eyes and there were a lot of eyes on them because of their head coach Dion. But uh, I would say Colorado and Dion Sanders has to be the biggest winner. Honestly, the Pac-12 as a whole. Yeah, uh, I don't know. They're crazy. They went I mean, crazy. They're, they're undefeated. They're thirteen to zero. The Pac-12 is yet to lose a game yet. So, and you've got high-profile players, teams, coaches. All eyes are on the Pac-12 and their swan song this year. So, hey, good for them. Yeah, and to to kind of piggyback off of that, I mean, Dion, one of the best players ever. Obviously, it is not common you see a guy be super successful at their sport. First of all. Then obviously Dion was a baseball player too. So he was a he was yeah. a dog at a couple of things, one of the best athletes ever. Now he's a coach. He was at Jackson State. It went well, but they obviously had some hiccups and money and issues there. Colorado has been a poverty team in the Pac 12 forever. They've never been good, realistically, in the Pac 12. They've never really contributed, especially in the football sense. Yeah, so I you think have- they went what to the Pac 12 championship in like 2016. And yeah, and that was from. it. That was it. So yeah. they had a they had a good season or two here and there, and it was never sustained. No. They also had the highest. This is a crazy number too. The highest roster turnover in NCAA history, with seventy two players in and out of the door. A completely new roster, pretty much. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's rid- that doesn't even sound right. No, um, because it's football. There's not even 72 guys on a roster. <laughs> but, like, yeah, obviously no, with the walk-ons and everything and just how it goes, but, like, crazy. And I, I can't tell if I like that or not about Dion. Like, when he first came in and that first press conference where he's like, a lot of you guys ain't going to play. I'm bringing my own luggage. It's Louie, all that. It, it's it's kind of disrespectful to those players. Um, but also, you know, the, that team a lot of those players work. Yeah, but but so it's it's it sucks for those players, but it is also good for those players to know, hey, I really don't have a chance. I need to go ahead and go find somewhere where I do have a chance. You don't want to be led on and then two weeks before the season, oh yeah, you're not playing. 
Like, no, let me just – let me find out in February, hey, Dion's bringing in other guys. I'm not playing. Like, I can go find – I can go play somewhere else. Um, so, he's definitely different. I tell you, I know we're getting into the winners and the losers. If Dion keeps winning, the losers are going to be every other first-year head coach in the Power Five that doesn't want to completely overhaul their roster with 70 new players. I mean, you look at guys like Matt Rule struggled. Um, I mean, not a first-year coach, but Billy Napier. You're going to have more eyes on those guys because, well, hell, Dion did it. Why can't you do it? And we're getting away from the traditional way of building a program through recruiting and all that. And Dion's just coming in and using free agency and winning. Yeah. And when you have, you know, NAL at your disposal now and Dion Sanders, Colorado's not a school where you're like, oh, there's plenty of money there. But you know who is? Dion. That's Coach Prime. Like he's going to bring those eyes. And obviously, with the transfer portal now, you have opportunities to completely knock down the walls of an organization and bring in your guys for a vision. You know how annoying it must be? You get a job and you're stuck with this five-star quarterback that the school's put $150,000 worth of scholarships in so they don't want to get rid of them. And you're just like, this guy's not that good or this guy doesn't fit my scheme. You just got to run with him. That sucks. So, Dion, you might be right, uh, setting a precedent for first-year coaches and and maybe even – Beyond that, just coaches that don't like what they have, just tear it down and build something new. So big, big winner for Colorado. A lot of people thought they were going to suck in the Pac-12 this year. They still might. I don't think this TCU team is really all that good to begin with. So they still might. We're going to find out a lot about Colorado here in a few weeks. They got USC and Oregon back-to-back week four and five, I think. So and they have we'll, an opportunity. We'll they have an opportunity to be like, "Hey, let's go make a national championship," or "Hey, ah. they were right." Like they could lose those combined games by ninety. That is very in the yeah. realm. It's just no, that. absolutely. Or they could win them both and like beat the two should be Heisman favorites right now with Knicks and and Caleb Williams, and and then I think they probably play Washington too. So Michael Penix, like that crazy. Colorado USC game. Oh my God! That there's going to be so many points scored in that game because Colorado ain't stopping are nobody. Those and USC are ain't stopping nobody. Oh my God! Yeah, those defenses are really bad, and uh, it should be fun. It should be fun. Hopefully, we get a Travis Hunter pick, and it'll be good. One of the coolest players in the in the country right now, Travis Hunter. Like you said, the Shohei of of football, pretty good. Play pretty good comp. Players. Yeah, pretty pretty good comp. Uh, let me get into another winner real quick. Um, I actually just mentioned his name, but uh, Michael Penix Jr. Uh, there's been a lot of like kind of hype coming in with him this year. He comes into this first game, 450 yards, five touchdowns. He looked insane, realistically, just really, really good. I hate Washington a lot. I think they have a lot of issues with their team. He is not one of them. If they're going to be good this year, it's going to be completely off of the, the back and the strength of him and how far he can take them. And uh, he's also a Tampa native, so shout out, shout out to uh, we like a good Tampa boy around here. Was it Tampa Bay Tech, I think? I think he went to Tech. I think, I, I think so. I think, I think so. so. so uh, he's just like me, a, a little Tampa to the, to the West Coast. He went to the wrong team, though, unfortunately. <laughs> but uh, that's how it goes. But he's definitely a winner for me uh, moving, moving into this week. Uh, who is a loser for you? That is um, – there's plenty of them. But. Yeah, there, there was a few. Uh, the biggest one, uh, again, is it's Brian Kelly to me. I know a lot of people want to go Clemson, but I've, I've got thoughts on them. Um, Brian Kelly's the biggest loser. You can't come out and say we're going to beat the heck out of Florida State and then get beat by 21. Um, man, they do not have a DB on that team. LSU is supposed to be DBU, and they have no DBs. Uh, Florida State absolutely violated them. Keon <laughs> Coleman, three touchdowns, a transfer. Yeah, uh, Norvell using the portal there. Um, Johnny Wilson got his. I don't know how you cover somebody who's six seven, but dude, LSU, all those years of being DBU, Tyron Matthews, some of those guys, there's nobody in that locker room that that can live up to the DBU moniker right now. So Brian Kelly needs to go back to the drawing board. He's got to figure out what to do on defense. I tell you another thing he needs to do on defense. Harold Perkins might be the best pass rusher in America. 
and Brian Kelly moves him to inside linebacker. Tell me how that makes any sense. I don't need I don't need JJ Watt in pass coverage. Okay, I don't need Jadavion Clowney in pass coverage. Go get the quarterback. And that's what Harold Perkins is very good at. I watched that Arkansas game last year. Harold Perkins single-handedly beat Arkansas. And now you want to move him to inside linebacker? I I, I questioned that, and he kind of disappeared in the Florida State game. The lack of DBs. Um, Jane Daniels, a couple bad decisions. But Super disappointing. That LSU team, Daniels. man. Yeah. I think I think that's my real loser is obviously Brian Kelly, and he said we will beat FSU, and you got smacked in the teeth. Uh, yeah. That's kind of not a good look. But Jaden Daniels, there was like a good amount of hype coming in with Jaden Daniels this year. There was people were saying he's the best quarterback in the SEC coming into this season, which I still think might be true. Um, the SEC, obviously, quarterback wise, is always one of the weaker for a really oh, strong right. conference, right? Um, but he didn't look very good. He made a lot of bad decisions, especially in that second half. Just did not look comfortable. And he, him not looking comfortable gave FSU a lot of steam running down a hill. We're like, oh, we're just going to go get him because he's like not throwing it away and not getting – he didn't look good. He looked uncomfortable. Um, I still don't like Jordan Travis. I'm still a Jordan Travis. No. I don't think Man, he's good. So I don't I. think he's good. I think this <laughs> FSU team is super talented, especially yeah. on the skills position, guys. But I still think Jordan Travis sucks. So when when that comes crumbling down, remember this moment where I said exactly. Jordan Travis is not him when they lose like a game to Louisville or something like that. Watch. Well, let's see. So uh, I know Clemson lost last night, but in a couple weeks they have to go on the road in Death Valley. Probably going to be a night game. Let's see Jordan Travis go into Clemson in that environment and beat Clemson. If and he can do win. that, okay. it's a must-win game for Clemson too. They have to win yeah. out. Because yeah. that's the other loser is Clemson. They have to win every other game this year to even be a consideration for the college football playoff. And when you're a school like Clemson and you've had the accolades and the and the success that they've had over the last decade, that's really the only thing that matters. Obviously, you'll take an ACC championship if you can get it, uh, whether that leads to that or not. But being in the conversation for that is what matters. And it's been a couple of years. Trevor Lawrence has been gone, and they haven't really been super relevant now they have a chance with other guys finally in their conference being good, and then they lose a week one just barn burner, and that was a tough. I tell you another bad deal for Clemson is how good DJ Uyungle looked at Oregon State because everybody wanted to know was it DJ or was it Clemson. It looks like Clemson sucked, and DJ is actually kind of good, so that just adds to the plethora of quarterbacks out west. But yeah, DJ big winner, DJ and big loser Clemson. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned the the Pac-12 earlier. Every Pac-12 quarterback looked honestly unbelievable. Like, yeah. that conference, I, it's kind of weird to say. There's five NFL quarterbacks out there. Whether or not they wind up making it and starting in the NFL, there are five legitimate NFL prospects in that conference right now. Could be six once Cam Rising's healthy. When Cam, Cam Rising gets healthy and then you have some some backups too who in a couple of years are yeah. going to be some dogs. So they have some really, really crazy talent out West. It's a shame it's like in their swan song, but um, they, they did make a nice comeback. Oregon State, definitely one of the winners this week as well. Um, I want to get one more winner in real quick. It's another low-hanging fruit, but it feels right. Oklahoma. There was a minute where Oklahoma, they lost their offensive coordinator. And I know it's Arkansas State, and they're not a good team, and I get that. But to come in, what feels like a brand new like team, honestly, like they they had their year away from Lincoln Riley and Cam or Caleb, they had to recalibrate. Now they're kind of back on an Oklahoma path. Drop seventy one. Don't give up a touchdown. Has Oklahoma ever not given up a point in a game? Like, <laughs> that is a team not known for defense. Their defense is way better this year. They have some athletes on defense. Uh, we're not taking too much away from this, but seventy-three to nothing is way too good of a score. No, that to... was that was ridiculous. I think everybody forgot about Oklahoma. Um, they have one down year after being the most consistent program in America, not named like Alabama, Clemson, and Ohio State. They have one bad year, and everyone just completely forgot about them. Yep. Now, I still do think that Texas might be better than them in that in their own conference. 
But Oklahoma is absolutely right there in the thick of the Big 12 and can win the conference, can go to the playoff. Everybody forgot about Dylan Gabriel playing quarterback. He's still very good. Um, They did bring in the true freshman in the fourth quarter, Jackson Arnold. They're going to be a problem in a couple years with him. Uh, This Oklahoma team, they're not going away as a program. I know some people wanted to say that Brent Venables was on the hot seat. Look, they go six and six. It's fine. Like, I get it. That's one bad year in his first year as a coach. I think everyone overreacted with Oklahoma. And yet, and you're right, this past weekend was absolutely the, hey, we're back, by the way. Like, this, yeah. is, this is still Oklahoma. So yeah. that, was, that was good to see. And you have that bad year, but you come back in this year and you yeah. put up this result. You don't make the schedule, but it, when you take care of business like that, it's like, hey, they, they, they could be something this year. Maybe they are. Maybe they're not. We'll, if you're we'll gonna see. play a bad team, you better take care of them. You beat better, them. you better beat, you better beat them really, really bad. And yeah. that's what Oklahoma did. They and did what, what they had to do. So. Yeah, a lot of teams did that this weekend too. Again, USC did it, Oregon did it, Oklahoma yep. did it, uh, Notre Dame beat the hell out of Tennessee State. Like they yep. took care of business. Uh, it's nice. It's nice to see when teams do that. I mean, it's hard to give credit a lot of times, especially when like. You see the end of season ones like Alabama, m- while they're mid stride, gets to play Citadel, and it's like, oh, yeah. well, that's stupid. <laughs> like, yeah, get it out week game. one. Get yeah, get your tune up game early on, and, and we're good. So, yeah. um, shout out there. Any other uh, things you want to touch on in this in college football? I would say so. Two of the losers that are two that I said that that I didn't mention in this. Because I don't necessarily think they're losers yet. I think we got to pump the brakes on Clemson being bad. And I think we got to pump the brakes on Ohio State being bad. Um, I know Ohio State didn't lose, but they definitely did not look impressive against Indiana. Clemson had to go on the road, play a solid Duke team. Um, they're, you know, they're good. Riley Leonard's a very good quarterback. Clemson outgained them. I believe they had more first downs, had a better third down percentage. Like Clemson. And you look at every metric, Clemson should have won that game. They just had some crazy turnovers. Three fumbles so and pick. Yeah. I, I don't think that the sky is falling in Clemson because it's not like they went out there and just got manhandled by Duke. It was stupid turnovers and, you know, just, just fluky, you know, stuff that happened to them. And that's why they lost. So I, I think uh, Clemson's season is still in front of them. They'll be fine. They still play Florida State. They still play North Carolina. They still play Miami. They can. They, they can, can still do. Too. Yeah, they play. Well, I was just talking about in conference, but yeah, they do play Notre Dame and South Carolina. Um, they can still do everything they want to do. So I know last night didn't look good, but when you look at the stats, they were kind of fine. Ohio State, on the other hand, I don't know that they have a quarterback on their roster uh, that can play. Um, Kyle McCord, that guy, I don't think he threw the ball past 15 yards one time in that game. I was uh, with my friend who's a big Ohio State fan, so I watched that whole game. And, dude, McCord was just awful. Uh, he's, he's not good. And I get it. Ohio State fans might have been um, spoiled having Justin Fields and C.J. Stroud for however many years that was. But this guy, you, you have elite talent at wide receiver. You have some very good running backs. This offense – can't look like that. I get it. It's week one, but it is Indiana. And what we've expected from Ohio State, that didn't, that, that didn't, me- you know, measure up. And they better get it together because in three weeks they go at Notre Dame. And that team looks like they're firing on all cylinders. So, yeah. And I think to kind of piggyback, this Indiana team is not the scrappy, maybe get eight win Indiana teams we've seen kind no. of in the last couple of years. This is one of the worst power five rosters in the country. They are maybe the worst defensive team in the country in a power five and to put up 23 with eight, five stars starting is uh, less than ideal. And this is a really telling year for, for Ryan day and Ohio state. I know they've had success under Ryan day, but they haven't won. And all of a sudden the last couple of years, they've been losing to Michigan. So yeah. it's been getting worse progressively. Like you had that big loss to Oregon. You lost to Michigan the last two years. Like you're losing more big games than you're winning currently. And that is a problem. And games like this are telling of that. It's you got to take care of business and get yeah, played big out. Year, big year for Ryan Day. Yeah. 
He's not going to get fired. That's not that's not what I'm saying. But like, he shouldn't. No, no. But it, hey, you haven't won anything yet, and you beat Michigan a couple times there. But that's there was it. there was a good quote. Ryan Day, um, you know, took over for Urban Meyer when Ohio State's just just rolling. And uh, some people think that Ryan Day was born on third base and thinks he hit a triple. That's kind of true. <laughs> it's there's a lot of guys like that, and. <laughs> Uh, there's a lot of guys not like that. Kirby Smart, the opposite. Like some yeah. guys are getting the triple and and making it a triple and legging it out. So we'll we'll see what Ryan Day this year. Um, but yeah, we did get the AP poll as well. We'll we'll talk that real quick. Um, well, let's do the quick rundown. Clemson falls to 25. Tulane, AM. Colorado is ranked now. Very cool. They're at 22. Duke also ranked now 21. Uh, they do have a great quarterback over there, so I could see them probably hovering around that 20s to high teens for a majority of the season. Um, Ole Miss, interesting team. I don't know if they're good. They have a really good matchup against Tulane this week, though, so we'll we'll learn a lot about either one of them very soon. Wisconsin at 19, Oklahoma at 18, UNC at 17, Oregon State at 16. Oregon State and Oklahoma feel like really, really good high teen teams with like yeah. really high upside, especially on the quarterback side. So we'll see how they look. Uh, K-State, they feel like they're 15 at every single poll ever. <laughs> I swear they're perennial um, 15 to 22. Uh, LSU, right. yeah. LSU falls to 14. We talked about it a little bit before this. I wish they fell out of the poll or really low. Um, to get kind of embarrassed by FSU, I know it's a neutral site. I know it's a high-rated team, but they don't have a win, and they lost by 20. It's hard to kind of tangibly can, put them above say, some other teams. We can say that that game was neutral, but man, I was hanging out in downtown Orlando before that game. There's a lot of garnet, not a lot of, not a lot of purple, not a yeah. lot of purple. I mean, it makes sense. A lot of people that go to FSU are from Tampa, Orlando, that yeah. area, so it makes quite a bit of sense. But they are 14. Oregon moves up to 13. Utah at 12, the classic Pac-12 back-to-back. Texas at 11, which sets up for a really good 11-versus-3 matchup this week at Texas and Alabama. Where's that at? It's probably in Alabama, I'd imagine, right? Yeah, it's in Alabama. Yeah, of course it is. The SEC always gets home games. Well, they um, played in Texas last year. Uh, that was a great game last year, too. Um, Bryce Young single-handedly won. willed them to victory. And there's Absolutely. no Bryce Young in Alabama this year. That's there's right. no Bryce Young. So I think this Word. game could actually be really, really, really good. Oh, I think it is, too. Notre Dame at 10. Uh, the Notre Dame hype feels very real this year. Which Sam Hartman. I think everybody kind of forgot, hey, Sam Hartman transferred from Wake Forest and went to Notre Dame. He has a good team around him. This guy is so good. Sam Hartman is one of the best quarterbacks in America. He made Wake Forest even semi-relevant, so it's very yep. hard to do that. <laughs> very hard to do that. They almost won the conference last year. So, uh, Tennessee at nine, uh, Washington at eight, Penn State at seven, USC at six with the reigning Heisman over there, Caleb Williams, Ohio State at five, Florida State four, Bama at three, Michigan at two, Georgia at one. Feels right for the most part. Uh, yeah, I think Ohio State is should probably be below USC right now, but that's semantics. At this point, um, six and five, like it is what it is. I'd uh, I'd maybe put Notre Dame higher, but that's yeah. Really I mean, all. I looked at it; it was pretty solid. I, I kind of yeah. agree on dropping LSU. Uh, I know Florida State's a good team, but you you mentioned there's there's what twenty three teams. Else. There's twenty three teams that have a win, and you're ahead of. I don't, I'm not good at math. What eight of them? <laughs> Like, yeah, I, I think I would drop LSU down to about 24 right there with Clemson because I think LSU and Clemson are still good, so I don't want to unrank them, but we need to see it. you got to prove something. Yeah, to keep them ahead of some teams that have won games, um, that's that's kind of tough. Here, Here's the big kicker. Oregon won 81-7 to this weekend, yeah. and they are one spot above a team that lost. Not good. That's, that's crazy to me. That's crazy yeah. to me, but – it is what it is. Um, yeah, I think the rank, the rankings are pretty fine. Georgia is pretty much going to cakewalk into a playoff this year, which kind of sucks because their schedule is horrible. It sucks that like college football doesn't do like the NFL where like you won your conference. You have like a, a winning, like a, you know, like a division winner champion or uh, yeah. what's it called? schedule next year, because this might be the worst schedule I've ever seen 
for it's a reigning champion. They don't play a single team that's even remotely good till like week eight. Well, they're going to play. So, what, right before rivalry week, they have to go to Knoxville and play Tennessee. That's game of the year in the SEC East. Um, yeah, I mean, they have to go and to Auburn it. in a couple weeks, I think. Yeah, it's a but, bad Auburn team, though. And Yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll see. Yeah. yeah, no, it's it's a it's a lean schedule for Georgia this year. And that, that'll happen when the SEC is probably the weakest it's been in a decade in terms of, like, the the spread of the SEC. Like, we're used to seeing, like, the top-end teams, Alabama, Georgia, uh, maybe, like, a Florida or an LSU be really, really good, and then the rest of the teams be pretty good and, like, bowl-eligible teams that would probably win their bowl. Uh, I don't think it's that way this year. I think uh, a majority of the SEC is uh, not super talented, which – well, I think they lost a ton of stars. Uh, we're just yeah. going to kind of have to wait, and we'll see. They're going to reload. It's the SEC. They dominate in recruiting. They dominate pretty much every aspect of college football. We'll see. We'll wait and see when, when these new stars emerge, and then I'm sure the SEC will still – at the end of the year, we'll still be saying they're the best conference, I'm sure. Yeah, it always winds up being that way. Um, so, yeah, that's our, that's our college football uh, kind of first impressions and looking over towards week two a little bit. And I'm excited for it because, you know, once college football is here and you get that week one, not week zero, but week one, but the next week you got the real grown men coming in to play some football. I cannot wait for all the holdings that they will not call. The NFL is here Thursday. I don't know if I've ever been excited to see a Lions game in my life. The Detroit Lions are going into Kansas City, the reigning Super Bowl champions. Jared Goff, Patrick Mahomes, this Thursday, NFL kickoff. And what we're going to do is we're going to talk about every team that we think is going to win each division. That, that's our plan here today, okay? Um, I do think Kansas City is going to be fantastic. They'll probably win this game. Detroit's pretty good, though. They're a sleeper team this year. Not even a sleeper. I think a lot of team, a lot of people just like Detroit at this point. This but, has to be the, the peak of Detroit Lions hype. They're playing on opening night of the NFL season. Like that, there's never been that much hype for a Detroit Lions team. It's crazy. So, yeah, it, it it is crazy, and they got some dogs over there. Aiden Hutchinson and and Jared Goff are. Uh, maybe they make a step, make a statement. Maybe they don't. We'll find out. What com- what conference do you want to start with? We'll start with the East. So AFC or NFC, and we'll, and we'll start with the East. Both both are oh, pretty. We'll go, we'll go AFC. We we'll go AFC. All right, let's start with probably the best conference in the league right away. Then, um, yeah, the, the AFC's loaded. It's going to be a dogfight in the East because this is the first year ever because Tom Brady destroyed this division for fifteen years and haunted the souls of everybody who liked these teams. That every team is at least in playoff contention, and and I think the ceiling is higher and lower for some of them. Like the Patriots aren't like a Super Bowl contender, but they could definitely yeah. make a playoff. Uh, yeah, the Dolphins, no, the Dolphins are somewhere a step above them where I don't think they're a Super Bowl either, but they're closer to one than not. Also a playoff team, potentially. Buffalo, they've been right there on the crux for a while. They feel like they're on the edge. Are they finally going to get there? And then the Jets, they've revamped their entire roster, get one of the three best quarterbacks to ever throw a football on their roster now. How do you feel about this? How do you feel about this division? That division is so tough. I think the AFC East and the AFC North are the two hardest divisions in football. I am going a little, a little off the radar, and I know everybody wants to pick Buffalo. And I know everybody loves Aaron Rodgers. The Miami Dolphins, I think they're going to win the division. That roster is absolutely loaded. Um, I still think there's a chance they end up pulling a Jonathan Taylor trade out of the hat somewhere. Don't know how. Um, the Miami Dolphins, that, that's going to be my pick to win the AFC East. I know, obviously, it all just comes down to if Tua is healthy. If, yeah. if Tua is healthy, that team has one of the best rosters in the NFL. If Tua is not healthy, you know. They might win three we'll, games. We'll three <laughs> they might seven. win three games. Like. But that being said, Miami went to Buffalo in the playoffs last year and almost beat them with Skylar Thompson playing quarterback in the playoffs. So 
I think that shows that this Miami team is deep. It's not just Tyreek and Tua. Um, this team can go, and I, I think they're going to do it. I think Buffalo has questions on defense. I think the Jets have massively improved by getting Aaron Rodgers, but I think there's still questions. They were a last-place team last year. Um, I just think – I don't think New England has enough – star power, enough firepower to be able to actually win that division. Um, I think they'll be in contention in every game they play, but I just think they'll lose more than they'll win. I think Miami's going to take it this year. Yeah, this division will definitely be one of those where every team kind of goes one-on-one against each other, where they kind of just beat up in each other, and there's just four losses. Bang, there you go. Take it to the face. Um, To kind of back up your Miami thing, McDaniels is – at this point, I know Belichick's probably the best coach ever, but at this point, probably the best coach in the division. Uh, we've seen Belichick kind of feel like he's checked out. I don't know really what's I don't I don't know. Bill feels like he lost Tom, and then like the guy he got immediately wasn't that good. And he's like, ah, forget this. This this is ass. <laughs> I hate this. Yeah. Um, and he's just kind of there for the ride at this point. So Miami has the best coach. I think Buffalo has the best player, singularly with Josh Allen. Yeah, And I think the Jets probably have the best roster. Um, they do have some holes, but, like, the Jets have a star at every single position. Like, at least one, right? Like, the end, you got Quinn Williams. Like, you have uh, Garrett Wilson, who's a who's a dog, and obviously Aaron Rodgers. Um, we'll see if he's kind of still Aaron Rodgers that we know on a new team. It's it's all new, right? Yeah. Uh, then they have Sauce Gardner, who's insane, and then their, their front seven is just good. Just flat out can play. So they have probably the best roster, especially on the, the higher tiers. Uh, obviously, Tyreek's the best receiver in this division, but I don't really know at all what to think about this. If I had to go out on a limb, I would say the Bills are going to win it. I do have serious questions about their defense, though. I think their offense actually just got better, though. And they were already probably the second-best offense in the league. They got better. Their defense, definitely a lot of questions. They lose a lot of DBs, and every year it seems like they lose one step on the pass rushing side. And that's obviously a big deal. So we'll kind of get a feel for it early on for this division. Honestly, there's going to be injuries. These guys are going to beat each other up. Two is a big factor. I go Bills. I still think they're the class of the division. They have the best player. That means a lot to me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's hard to bet against Josh Allen. I mean, well, in the playoffs, easy, but in the regular season, I'm I'm down for it. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, and it's a big year for him too. He really does have a lot to prove because. Josh Allen was the guy for about a second. Obviously, Mahomes has always been like better, but it feels like this is the season where Burrow is officially better than Josh, where Herbert <laughs> becomes officially better than Josh, yeah. where Lamar takes that step back up to become better than Josh. And now you blink, and Josh Allen will be the seventh best quarterback in the league. If all that happens, that's a problem. So he, yeah. this needs to be like the, the take a step year, recalibrate, prove I am that guy. Kind of I mean, those Super Bowl happens. windows don't stay open forever. Two, three years. You gotta, you gotta they don't last it. long. They don't last long. This is them. year four. So yeah. they, they don't last long at all. Let's slide to the north. You said the second best division in the league pretty much. I think this is a pretty easy one, though, uh, at least for a winner standpoint. I love the Ravens. I think the Ravens are going to be the best offensively they have been since Lamar's uh, MVP season. They finally have a semblance of a receiving core i think zay flowers would be pretty good uh mark andrews is in his peak in his prime and uh jk Dobbins is healthy now right so i really like them in, in that end the ravens defense is always going to be annoying whether or not they're good doesn't even matter because they wind up just being so opportunistic under hardball like that's just the way they've always been i like them a lot the steelers are interesting uh, if Kenny Pickett's good, maybe they could ball out because that defense is insane and that defense is loaded. TJ Watt, obviously, Michael Parsons, like they are loaded. Or not Michael Parsons. Um, I forget it. I forget who I'm thinking of. Linebacker. Um, they're really good and they're they're loaded. Uh, the Browns are the biggest question mark. Deshaun Watson might be great. He might be terrible. I don't know. I, I don't know. And even if he is great, he still might be the third best quarterback in this. And so. Like, he could be the best Deshaun Watson we've ever seen and still be the third best. That's, like, scary because, the, obviously, Lamar and Joe Burrow are so good. I'm going to say the Bengals are going to win it. They're still young. They're st- they, they haven't won yet either, so, like, there's still, like, a hunger there. They have plenty of playoff experience. 
And Joe Burrow is like the guy who wins games. Like he's kind of becoming that at this point. He'll have a game where he's only throwing like 250, but those last two drives are touchdowns. It's hard. It's hard to bet against Joe Burrow. He's really um, hard. <laughs> he, he definitely is the guy, it seems like. Um, that's funny, though. Uh, I have the Cleveland Browns winning that division. Yeah, um, I think this year, I think Deshaun has everything to prove. I think Kevin Stefanski has everything to prove, or there might be a new coach in Cleveland. I think their defense was already good, and they added Zadarius Smith to it. Um, I think Cleveland is going to be the biggest surprise in the NFL this year. Good surprise. Um, and I think they are going to win that division. To be fair, I think we're going to have three playoff teams from that division, though. Yeah. You mentioned Baltimore. This is the best receiving core they've ever given Lamar Jackson. Yep. Mark yep. Andrews is probably the third best tight end in football. And now he has Zay Flowers, Rashad Bateman, and Odell. We'll see if they're still gassing Odell's tank, but I think there probably is a little bit. Um, J.K. Dobbins is healthy. Lamar obviously can still run. I think Baltimore is going to be very good. I think Cincinnati will be very good. This division is going to be a dogfight. Pittsburgh also very good. I just think when you have the clear-cut fourth-best quarterback in your own division, it's hard to pick that team to win the division. It's impossible. Um, <laughs> it's yeah. impossible. Their defense is stout. But I'm going with the Cleveland Browns to win that division this year. I think Nick Chubb might be the best running back in football. Um, it's going to be a big year. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not mad at it. I, I do think that they have a lot of good things going for them. Uh, just I think Deshaun, for me, is more of a question mark when you're going up against an MVP in Joe Burrow. You know what I'm saying? Like That's, that, that's my uh, oh, yeah. differentiations there. Um, I do think that, honestly, all four teams have a chance to make the playoffs. Um, and if they're are going to be extra playoff spots, it'll likely go to, to them and then like maybe one of the West teams. So, mm -hmm. um, so yeah, I like that. Um, I agree. Uh, the South, the South is pretty clear cut this year. Uh, you have some interesting stuff. The Texans are mid rebuild. Maybe they'll win five games this year. Congratulations, Houston. Um, <laughs> The Colts are the biggest. I have no idea what's happening because this roster is so young and they're still very talented, but they're just throwing Anthony Richardson to the fire. That scares the hell out of me. He has a lot of developing to do, and I think he could be a great quarterback one day. It's not going to be week one, and it probably won't be week 17 either. So it's going to take time there. So then it becomes Jacksonville and, and, the, and the Titans, and the Titans are a question mark too. Are they starting Will Levis? I'm pretty sure he's he's getting the start right away, and even if I would imagine, might, I, no, I think Tannehill's still the starter there. Um, I think well, we've I seen imagine. what we've seen what Tannehill does. It's not good. No, so maybe they wind up winning 10, 11 games. They do seemingly every year, and then disappoint us in the playoffs. Uh, but regardless of who wins this division, as long as Jacksonville gets in the playoffs, that's the real threat in terms of like the NFL scope. Trevor Lawrence looked fantastic the second half of the year. He's one of the better quarterbacks. They get Calvin Ridley now. Uh, Kirk had a career season. So now they have one of the better one-two punches all of a sudden, the wide receiver. Travis Etienne looked healthy last year off the ACL and was really good. The defense is about average. And when they're going to score a lot of points, that's good. About average is about what you could ask for. And uh, they have a good coach who won a Super Bowl and has done some good things. So. That's easily the, the pick here in the South for me. Yeah, no, absolutely. I've got Jacksonville. I, I think last year uh, Tennessee started out on fire, and then they had massive injury problems, and that's when Jacksonville took over. But I don't think that those necessarily have to go hand-in-hand. Hand. I think Jacksonville might actually be that good. Uh, Trevor Lawrence is one of the ten best quarterbacks. Evan Ingram also, he had a career year, career, career resurgence in Jacksonville. Um, defensive solid. Everything you said, I, I do think Jacksonville is going to take that. Yeah, and I don't know what their ceiling is this season, uh, but I do think the addition of Calvin Ridley makes them that much more dangerous. Um, yeah. But that's assuming Calvin Ridley is even good anymore. It's been a while since we've seen him play, and uh, taking a year off of football is not an easy thing to do and then come back and be like, you're wide receiver one. I've seen a lot of people yeah. telling me he's going to be the best guy over there. Don't, don't sleep on, uh, on my boy Kirk. He's a, he's a dog, and he had a really good season. So. 
I agree. No, I agree. We saw what happened when Le'Veon Bell took a year off, you know, however many years ago, and didn't done. come back the same guy. His, his career was over, just like that. Yeah. Just like that. So that's just how that goes. AFC West. Reigning Super Bowl champs are there. You have a, a lot of weirdness, right? The Broncos tried to win now, and now they're in like a pseudo-winning rebuild kind of a deal with uh, Russ. Maybe they're good. They go, they go get um, Sean Payton, who I don't think can save them, but maybe he can. I don't know. Uh, they'll probably be the worst team in this division this year. The Raiders, Jimmy Garoppolo replaces Derek Carr, the the worst side grade ever because it's definitely not an upgrade. It's it's like you you traded in your your Kia Soul for uh, like a the Honda Civic. It's like I guess like cool. <laughs> It's like, it's like, I guess that's kind of cool. Like he looks, he's a, he's a better looking dude. So shout out. <laughs> like <laughs> He'll sell some, some female tickets in Vegas, I guess, but put them on some billboards. Oh yeah. That'll work. Um, they have a lot of talent though, with Crosby and Devonte Adams and, and Josh Jacobs. Like they have guys just, I don't think they're well coached enough. The quarterback's not good enough. And you have to me, the, the, the best quarterback in the league, pretty obviously, but then another top five guy that you have to go against and try and win this division against. So this is Mahomes' division to lose. They got better at everything, I feel like. <laughs> and like they lost Juju Smith Schuster, and that's about it. Yeah, no, this team just doesn't fall off. Uh I'd, until further notice, yeah, you take Kansas City to win the division. That's <laughs> that's kind of just copy and paste. This kind of feels like Brady and the AFC East, you know, running through there for 15 years. Um, the Chargers will be good. They have a very good roster. Obviously, Justin Herbert just got paid. He better go prove it and, you know, say that he's worth that money. But, yeah, this is Mahomes. This is Andy Reid. This is the Kansas City Chiefs division to lose. Have you ever seen a roster as good as the Chargers and you come into the season – just assuming they don't have a chance at the division. Like, that's what's crazy. This roster is maybe a top five in the league. Like, they are yeah. that loaded at everything. And I don't think they have a chance to win the division. No, I, I agree. That Chargers roster, it's hard. When you sit down and look at, you know, try to make some NFL predictions, the Chargers, I, I think I left them out of the playoffs. And then I look at the roster and I'm like, how did I leave them out of the playoffs? Like, that doesn't yeah. make sense. But the AFC is just stupid loaded, obviously. Chiefs being in your own division, that's tough. But, yeah, no, it's a it's a tough time for the Chargers right now. It, it's brutal. So uh, the Chiefs are are going to be Super Bowl favorites until further notice, and, and they're definitely my favorite to at least get back there out of the AFC, despite how great the AFC is. Uh, it just Mahomes is just something actually different. Like, he is a storybook yeah. kind of a guy. So it's nice to kind of have that. Moving he's over to the, the NFC. He's the best quarterback I've ever seen. And it's not even close. Like, that's the no. thing. It's not even close. And we've seen... Him and Aaron Rodgers are the two best quarterbacks I've ever seen play football. And we've seen Rodgers. We've seen Brady. We've seen Breeze. Yeah. And, and we've seen Favre and Manning. And we've seen some some guys. Yeah. And I, I don't even think it's close. And he's still so young. So it's, it's, a, little, it's a little scary. Yeah. NFC East, the other... The best division and the... I don't know if it's the best division. Maybe the most competitive division in the NFC. Uh, that's probably to, the best. Top to bottom, like competitive wise, I think I don't I don't think the Super Bowl I mean maybe. The Eagles, they went to the Super Bowl last year. They probably have the best player in the conference now with Jalen Hurts. Because it is definitely a weaker conference quarterback wise, especially with Aaron leaving. Uh so they're probably the favorites, and I and I'm gonna take them. They have seven good O linemen. That is that is so disrespectful to the rest of the league. And they have like nine good D linemen. Their entire draft was spent just getting the Georgia guys after their back-to-back championship smart. run. It's so smart. It's so smart. These are just stocky, strong, athletic dudes. They're like, hey, go get in there. You're not even going to start. You're going to rotate. So you're going to be he healthy and fresh yeah. all the time. It's gross. Uh, and then, again, Jalen's probably the best player in this conference. I don't think there's a world that the Philly, that the Eagles don't win this division. But it'll be competitive. I think they'll wind up losing a game to the Commanders. They'll maybe lose a game to Dallas. They're not going to lose to the Giants because the Giants cannot stop uh, Boston Scott for whatever reason. Uh, <laughs> the weirdest thing ever. 
Eagles are going to win this division, but I do think the Cowboys might have some some juice. I actually think the Commanders are better than people want to give them credit for. You're right. Uh, You're very I, right. I, they're not winning this division. No. Don't tell me that. Okay, but they're no, better. No, no, they're, no, they're, no, that's, I'm not going that crazy. Okay, okay, okay. They're they're maybe a playoff team though. Like they have a great defense. They have a good duo of running backs with Gibson and Robinson. I think Terry McLaurin is like perpetually underrated. Sam Howell is the biggest question mark, obviously. Sam Howell has the opportunity to be a decent quarterback or the worst in the NFC. I'm not sure what she'll be, but he could be either. That's a little, that's a little scary. I think, obviously, you know, being a Carolina guy, I think Sam Howell is going to be very good for Washington. Uh, you mentioned they have a duo of running backs that are good. They are four deep at receiver. Um, you can throw Terry McLaurin, Jahan Dotson, yep. Deami Brown, also from Carolina, and Curtis Samuel still there. Um, this team offensively is going to score points because everybody forgot who their new offensive coordinator is, and that's Eric Bieniemy, who all he's done is won Super Bowls with Kansas City and made Patrick Mahomes into the best quarterback we've ever seen. So I think Washington is going to sneak up on people. Washington is not going to finish last in that division. But Philly is going to win, by the way. Yeah. I forgot. Yeah. We got to do pick. Philly is going to yeah. win that division. I think Dallas is also going to be very good. That defense in Dallas is going to be good. It's all it's the, on Dak. It's the classic how far can Dak take him, and I have no yeah. idea. It's definitely not to a division championship, so that's all we care about today. So, <laughs> uh, NFC North, uh, I am wearing my Vikings gear. It is a bias pick, but I think they easily have the best roster still in the in the division. I know a lot of people want to pick the Lions, but if you look at paper, and obviously there's no games played yet, it's just paper, and you look at every position, and you just look at the guys at every position, what position are the Lions better at than the Minnesota Vikings? Because it's not quarterback, it's not wide receiver, it's not running back, it's not O-line, maybe defensive end. I might give Hutchinson the edge over uh, Neil Hunter, but those guys are definitely comparable. Neil Hunter's been one of the best uh, edges in the league for the last half decade. Um, and their DBs are not very good. Neither. Of them. I agree. I would agree with that. So um, when you, I, I think it is a two team race. Yeah. And when you look at the two teams, I think the Vikings are better coached at least in the first year. And then the roster is just better. So unless you're just really expecting giant steps up, from certain guys on the Lions, and you're expecting Jameer Gibbs to become Christian McCaffrey 2.0, which he might be. He might be. And and there, there are, are big shoes to fill. And but that's what it would take to kind of make me think, okay, yeah, the Lions are better, just straight away. I don't know what it is. I last year was so high on the Minnesota Vikings. I thought they were going to be so good. I thought they were a Super Bowl contender. This was before the season. Yeah. And then they go out there, and I think they started like 7-1. and one. I was like, hey, I told you guys I was right. This team, I, I've been waiting on Minnesota to take that next step, take that next step. They've had good players, um, and they just haven't done it. I'm going to pick Detroit to win the division this year, which means this will finally be the year that Minnesota <laughs> does take that next step, and they'll probably be really good. I do think Kirk Cousins is very underrated. I think he's not flashy. He just goes and gets the job done, and no one likes that. Everybody just wants to see the highlight reel Patrick Mahomes plays. Kirk Cousins wins football games as long as they're played at 1 o'clock. As long as they're played at 1 o'clock. They're going to be good. It's a two-team race, like we said. I don't think that Chicago and Green Bay are going to have a chance to win this division. Um, I'm going to lean Detroit, but, man, I, I I think they'll end up with the same record as Minnesota. So then it's yeah. going to come down to like a tiebreaker. Yeah, and I think that the Vikings are going to take a step back in terms of wins this season, but I think they'll be a better team than they were last year. They won 13 games last year. They'll probably win 10 or 11 this year, and you'll see them going into the playoffs. You'll be like, I like them more than a year ago. So yeah. I think that's kind of the uh, the vibe you'll get out of them. And, hey, the Lions are definitely a good team, and they score a lot of points, and that's really fun. And that's why a lot of people want to pick them. They score, they score a lot. Their offense is fun. And they do a lot of creative things. They just can't stop a nosebleed, and they've never had a season full of winning. And that scares me because they've never the done The Lions it. are the, the Chicago Cubs of football. They're the lovable losers. Everybody wants to cheer them on. Yeah, until they get good, and then you start cheering against them. The yeah, concept, then they win a Super Bowl, and it's like, okay, we don't care about the Lions anymore. Yeah, we very quickly stopped caring about the Cubs. <laughs> I think Correct. the Cubs stopped caring about the Cubs too, to be Correct. fair. So. <laughs> 
It's, it's okay. Uh, NFC South, the worst division by a country mile in the league this year. This, as we said prior to this, is going to be an all-time mid-off. One of these teams will host the playoff game, and it's very disappointing. You're a Panthers fan. They have a lot of good things going for them. Do you think it's this year? I think it could be. Uh, I'm still going to lean New Orleans to win this division. Um, I've always been a big Derek Carr guy. I know everybody else hates him, wants him out of the league. This guy sucks. I still think Derek Carr is solid. I think the Saints roster is solid. I do think the Panthers are coming, though. Uh, this Panthers defense was very good. The Panthers could have won the division last year if they could have covered Mike Evans down here in Tampa Week 16. Uh, if they don't, if they could remotely cover him, they win the division and go to the playoffs with Sam Darnold, Baker Mayfield, and PJ Walker playing quarterback. So now you upgrade the quarterback position with Bryce Young. I do think Carolina is going to be very good. I'm going to lean New Orleans. I think Atlanta's right there too. Um, Tampa should be bad, but I bet they won't. I bet they'll be, you know, okay. solid be okay. and they'll be too good to get like Caleb Williams or Drake May in the draft. And now, up with like it, it, pick. here comes the Tampa's now terrible for a decade because they refuse to tank. Here it exactly. comes. If they here could tank and get Caleb Williams, the Bucks would have a dynasty. But um, I'm not going to lean Panthers. I'm going to go Saints. Okay. I'm not mad at the Saints. Um, I think I want to go with the Falcons. Um, and I don't really know why. There's th This is just gut feeling, honestly. The Saints have the best roster. They have the best stars. Michael Thomas is back. Derek Carr is easily the best quarterback in the division. It's not even like kind of a debate. But just something about the Saints. I, I Ever since Drew's left, they just don't have any type of like winning magic. Like they win enough games. They win enough games, definitely. But they feel like they make as an organization the wrong decisions more often than not. Jameis Winston was there, and then he came back and was healthy, and they refused to play him despite the super low upside of Andy Dalton. And then they wind up not winning a lot of games with Andy Dalton. They're like shocked. This team also, it's really their last year to compete because they are still in or salary hell and they, they can't go get a free agent for another like three seasons. They owe way too much dead money. So for a team that owes this much money, they should be way better than they are. And they're just not. And the Falcons are the opposite. They don't owe anybody, any money. Desmond Ritter might be good. Taylor Heineke, I think, is the day one starter. I don't even know what their quarterback situation is. They go get Bijan Robinson. He's going to be the best offensive player in this division right away. And they do a couple of fun things. Like, Mariota was not very good last year there and really stunted growth for Drake London and Kyle Pitts. Maybe they both blossomed. This offense could be really, really fun. And they have one of the best running O-lines in the league and now Bijan running behind it. So they're going to be a ground and pound, beat you up kind of a team. And they have a terrible defense, but in theory, their defense will be rested because they'll be on offense most of the game. So, Yeah, they've got three running backs that they can throw in there and just pound you with all game. So it's, yeah, that Atlanta is a big question mark. I think the quarterback position is the biggest question mark for them. But yeah, that division could go so many different ways. Yeah, and it's so bad. I don't think any team should get more than like seven wins in this. But since they all play each other, somebody's going to have to. So somebody will yeah. wind up with nine or ten wins and wind up in the playoffs and not be I like think, a good team. But. I think nine wins wins that division. Yeah, I mean, do you remember nine when the Panthers eight. won it a couple of years ago under 500? It's that. The Panthers, were, the Panthers were 7-8-1. and one. They did not win a football game in the entire month of November, and they still beat the Arizona Cardinals and held them to the lowest – how do I word this? The Cardinals had the lowest total yardage in a playoff game all time. The Panthers held them to like 70 total yards. I know <laughs> Drew Stanton was the quarterback. I don't care. The Panthers went 7-8-1, hosted a playoff game, and beat the Cardinals and set the NFL record. Gross. Let's, let's hope that never happens again with this division. <laughs> Please. All right. And then our last division here is the NFC West. Uh, this is pretty much the San Francisco 49ers division to lose. But don't sleep on the Seahawks. The Cardinals are going to be horrible. They're probably going to be the worst team in football this year. Easily. And, and and I think the Rams are pretty 
not close, but closer than they should be. Um, apparently there's just real disconnect between Stafford and the team. They don't have another quarterback that can even like throw the ball with like a brain attached to his head at the same time. Um, and that defense is decimated. Cooper Cup is still kind of hurt. And yeah, that leaves a big question. Cam that leaves Cam Akers as like their next best offensive player. And that's not really a good sign. So I have way too many questions. It's the Seahawks and the 49ers division to lose. But I think there's regression in the wind for the Seahawks this season in particular. Because Geno was so great last year and he's not really that kind of a player. Yeah. What we saw in the playoffs is more of what we'll see out of Geno uh, or at the end of the year as well, where he was like definitely not as good the last three, four weeks. And he was throwing more picks and the big plays kind of got to him. I think that's more of what we see out of Seattle. I wouldn't be shocked if they make a playoffs, but this is the 49ers are the class of the NFL in terms of like getting guys at spots and making the most out of their positional value and seeing what they do well and saying, Hey, you pat, you rush the passer. Well, don't ever stop doing that. Yeah. Uh, you, you're really good at coverage, but like slants in particular, don't ever like, that's what they do. And then they, they, they obviously have a great zone run scheme. So they're going to be hard to stop. They're probably the favorites or second favorites to win the NFC in general. Even with Brock Purdy, and Brock and Purdy was solid. Um, I know San Francisco doesn't have that legit, like you know, guy at quarterback um, that you would want for a playoff team. But this roster, I talk a lot about rosters. The 49ers absolutely have the best roster in the NFL. They are loaded at every position, Everything. offensively, defensively. It does not matter. The 49ers are so good. I'm going to pick the 49ers to win the division. I do think the Seahawks roster got better. I think they had a great draft. I think they did nice things. Yes, but man. you're right about Geno. I got to see it. Geno's been in the league for damn near 10 years now. Yeah, you had a great year last year. Congratulations. Let me see it again, okay? Because I, I got to see it twice before I can believe something. And so I'm not going to believe Geno yet. So I'm still going to lean 49ers. I would imagine Brock Purdy's going to play quarterback. I don't think it would be Sam Darnold. That would be a shame. Um, man, the rest of the league better be glad that the 49ers didn't go get Deshaun, Russ, Aaron Rodgers, one of those quarterbacks, Tom Brady, one of those quarterbacks that was available because the 49ers would not lose a football game. They just need a guy who's above average, and they'd be almost yeah. unstoppable. And they really haven't had that. Jimmy Garoppolo was not really that good. Brock Purdy was above average in his, in his games played yeah. last year. The problem is Brock Hurdy got hurt in the playoffs and they were using their 13th guy that they found at Safeway and they're like, please. And he yeah. couldn't throw a football. So it uh, did get unlucky with that. That seems to be the that seems to be their downfall every year. The uh the 49ers, and, and tell me how wrong this comp is. The 49ers feel like the Tampa Bay Rays of the NFL. The roster's always way better than it probably should be. They get the most out of every position that they shouldn't but they get a lot of guys that are prone to injuries and then do get injured and so you wind up with a bosa and then he's just hurt all the time and then you wind up with every running back under the sun who runs a 4-1-40 that can't stay on his feet for more than 40 yards at a time so well hell with the injuries that sounds like the yankees but <laughs> <laughs> the yankees dude the yankees have dealt with more injuries than just about anybody. I mean, it seems like every year they're losing five or six guys to the IL. It's it's unreal. It, it, it's pretty tough, and uh, yeah, it, it's definitely pretty tough. I I only say the Rays because they're a little bit more successful in their development and their um, their process in terms of what creates a good player. I, yeah. I it's very rare you see the 49ers take a good player and ruin him. Whereas I've seen the Yankees do that. I've seen other organizations with similar injuries like the Ravens. I, I compare the Ravens and the, the 49ers a lot and the Ravens are just the B tier 49ers in my opinion. Obviously they, they haven't had the same success, but the Rays take players that you've never heard of. And then they're really good. And you're like, who the hell is that guy? What, what this guy's good. What NFL team does that better than the new England Patriots? Like, I know so, the Rays didn't win seven uh, uh, championships or six, I guess. Yeah, no, but right. the Patriots are taking guys 
from the fifth and sixth round. They're taking undrafted guys. What, Malcolm Butler was, what, undrafted out of South yeah. Alabama or West Alabama, one of obviously, those? And, obviously, Tom. Yeah, I mean, you had Brady and, you know, but, like, they're just taking guys. Like, who the hell is this guy? And now he's a star. It's like, yeah. what? Like, where'd that come from? Yeah. Uh, that that's that's a good comp too. They they just it's crazy. Patriot. That's why I say like Bill feels like he's given up. It's, it's so sad. <laughs> it's it's so sad. But those are the teams we think are going to win these divisions. Uh, for the most part, it feels pretty clear cut. There are pretty a couple of really good divisions though, and it's just nice to have the football back. Thursday, the Lions are going into Kansas City. Feels like we get Kansas City every single year to start the season now, and honestly, good because that's the only guy. Everybody wants to watch. So it it, it definitely makes the most sense. RJ, I appreciate you coming on, hanging out with us, having some good conversations. And uh, hopefully we get you back on here soon. Everybody, if you are listening on YouTube, make sure you check us out on Spotify and all of our socials at Spectators Media. And if you haven't subbed to our YouTube already, make sure you go check that out. Also at Spectators Media, posting these again, back on schedule every week. Back to it. We had a great event a couple of weeks ago. One of the best events of the summer, and uh, it's nice to be able to lock into some football now after that. So, everybody, thank you for listening. RJ, thank you for hopping on. Appreciate you, bud. And have a great rest of your day, everybody. Happy NFL season, guys.